This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors, hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. What Christ Said, Revisiting the Countercultural Sayings of Christ Jesus, is a new book by Isaac Portilla. Relevant to nonconformist Christians, this book explores the transformative and often overlooked implications of Christ's teachings. It's now available from Amazon, and physical copies in the USA can be bought from whipfinstock.com. What Christ Said, Revisiting the Countercultural Sayings of Christ Jesus. Available now. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash mattmcclary to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. Hello and thank you for joining us once again for another edition of the Christian Book Blurb podcast. I'm your host Matt McClary and as always we are going to be chatting to another fantastic Christian author about their books, their life and their faith. Today I am joined by the author Rob Seabrook. Hi Rob. Matt, hello there. Lovely to meet you. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to have you on the show. I know you're a you're an avid listener of the podcast as well so it's great to have you on the on the show today yes thank you i love listening to the podcast i love listening to all those little little sort of background details about people's lives and getting into the into the nitty-gritty of who they are not just what they've written so uh, i appreciate that thank you yeah no i i find that fascinating as well you read a book and you think hmm, i wonder what the person who wrote the book is like so yeah that's that's one thing we, we aim to do with the podcast and i i agree i really find that fascinating as well now you have written a fantastic novel called beneath the tamarisk tree um so could you tell us what that is about I'd love to. Um, so yes, Beneath the Tamarisk Tree is, um, it's a biblical fiction book, a novel, and it is taking the story of the thief on the cross, um, otherwise known as the penitent thief, um, who is, he's just, he's mentioned very briefly in the gospel stories. Um, he's, he's one of the thieves who is crucified next to Jesus. And Jesus says those famous lines to him from um, Luke 23:43, which is truly, I tell you today, you'll be with me in paradise. So he's given this promise of, of being in heaven from Jesus, from the lips of Jesus as Jesus is dying. Um, and his life is just completely changed. And it, it tells the story of, of, of that very last moment of, of his life when he comes to to know Jesus and hears about well, salvation, really, um, as Jesus offers him um, a second chance in life. Um, and I just, I got, the story got me thinking, um, what sort of life did, did he leave? Did he lead? Um, you know, why did he need to be redeemed and, and so miraculously redeemed? What was his background? You know, everyone's got a background story to their, to their lives. Um, and for him, we don't know very much. You know, there's, 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 kind of like three things we know about him you know we know he's a thief um we know he was crucified so he was being punished 
we assume for his 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 crimes um but we also know he was saved and um so in the story of beneath the tamarisk tree i i've kind of imagined um two timelines his his backstory his time on earth um but then also looking forward um to his, his time in heaven and um uh it gave me a chance to sort of write imaginatively um about both of those those um scenarios which uh which um sort of brings the story together mm. it is it is a a great imaginative book i mean i've i've read it and it kind of brought to mind um parts of it not not all of it but parts of it i was thinking ah this bit's like william p young's the shack and then I was uh, other bits. I was like, ah, this reminded me of Wendy Alex, the Chronicles of Brothers, and sort of the, the descriptive elements and sort of sort of heaven and stuff, particularly those sections. Um, but yes, so it was bringing to mind sort of other really good books um, that I've read, um, sort of in the same kind of uh, Christian fiction genre. So, so that was good. Um, it is imagined, but have you ever been to Jerusalem? In other words, have you? How much? How much sort of background research went went into this? Is it, is it just all sort of purely? This is just how I imagine it to be, or you know, how how how, how did that work? Yeah, well, firstly, Matt, it's it's wonderful that you mentioned my name among some of those other fabulous writers. <laughs> I'm quite honoured with that, so thank you. Um, that's really encouraging. Um, the research was was um, was interesting. I, I I started writing this in um, 2019 when the when I sort of got the idea and, and it came to me, um, and um, I started writing some some notes and thoughts and and um, I would love to. Um, have been to Jerusalem to research it. Um, actually, I'd love to have been to first century Jerusalem to research it. That would have been amazing um, in some ways. Um, but kind of halfway through the writing process, um, we, we got into lockdowns and COVIDs and stuff, and it became very clear that there was no way I was going to get there. It took, took long enough, it took a couple of years to, to, to write it anyway. So um, there, was, there was no way that was going to be possible. Um, so what I had to do was was to sort of delve into as much sort of secondary research as I could find, um, looking at, at history books, books about what life in um, first century Jerusalem may have been like, um, the culture, the the the, the context. Um, looking at maps, um, a, a lot of the story is is it talks about different parts of the city, um, so looking at maps and and trying to get the geography of it. Um, but a lot of it also came from from um, my imagination um, and and uh, um, particularly you know the, the other side of the story so there was the Jerusalem side but also the heavenly scenes um, researching that is not very easy <laughs> um, so uh, I, I but there is a lot in the Bible um, that, that can tell us about um, just little glimpses of heaven and what I tried to do in the writing was to incorporate the, the biblical references um to uh to try to get a feel of again expanding the imagination the thoughts the 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 trying to to um you know looked at, at many books commentaries books that people have written about heaven which are um which are fascinating 
but ultimately we don't know um, one day we will know what heaven is like and and I'm sure it will be way better than anything that I can imagine and anything that I can write about um, but uh, but for now hopefully what I've what I've written is is enough <laughs> mm -hmm. and when you when you plan when you're getting ready to write a book so you've done all this research and sort of looking to find out what life was like in first century Jerusalem you've been looking at bible commentaries to get a clearer grasp of sort of accounts of heaven and things to inform your writing um when do, do you plan your story out because i've spoken to lots of authors and, and everyone approaches this slightly differently i mean some people know exactly what's going to happen in each chapter and you know and then they just flesh it out when it comes to writing it because they've got this sort of fairly detailed plan or story arc or whatever people call it some some other people just say no i don't do any of that i have a general idea <laughs> and i sit down and i stare at my computer and i just start writing and some people have post-it notes that they they move about on the wall to kind of structure their thoughts and things how how does it work for you yeah well i mean uh, when i went into this i didn't know how it was going to work it was the first book i've written so i kind of um found ways that it worked best for me but the the, the way that um, it, it seemed to work for me was that I, I kind of lived with the story for, for quite a long time. So I had the the overarching story in, in my head, um, in my mind. Um, and every so often I'd be in a situation where um, a new scene would come to mind. I could be driving the car, I could be sat in church, I could be listening to some music or something and, and, a, and a scene would appear and I think oh that that would work um and and um you know it could be even a line from a worship song and I'd, and I'd think that's that's a, a really good point to get across in the in and, and it would fit into this bit of the story so in a way I was kind of writing the whole story at the same time um and I did jump around an awful lot I didn't write it in sequence um uh, I even jumped around, um, you know, trying out different tenses, um, uh, and you know, I, I had this 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 idea that um, because of um, the concept of time in heaven is something we can't really comprehend. I thought, well, I I need to write the heaven scenes in the present tense, and the rest of it in the past tense, and and I tried doing that, and that just didn't work. So I had to rewrite it, and um, I also tried writing some of it in in, in the first person. Um, but the um, the main character is um, uh, in effect a traumatized child and um, doesn't speak very much and um, uh, doesn't have much uh, having lived in in on the streets in first century Jerusalem doesn't have many sort of points of reference to, to so similes became very difficult um so actually writing it from the first person became impossible so editing was a nightmare i had to work through it you know two or three times and changing all the tenses or changing the um the point of view um but um it meant that it just sort of it, the whole thing developed over uh, over time um as a whole um and you know I'd, I'd get an idea and i'd drop that into this scene and and, and uh, eventually it, it seemed to work for me. It, it sort of came together as a, as a process. Um, a bit jumbled, but um, uh, maybe that's the way my mind works. I don't know. Oh, that's great. You mentioned that you, you sort of lived with the story um, for a long while. 
and you're picking up little bits of inspiration to fill in little sections of it. But there must have been a point where at which there, there was no story and then something kind of... What was that initial inspiration that, that sort of... You were like, ah, I need to write a book about this and this is why. Yeah, this, it, it, there, there was a, a moment. I, I, I mean, writing is some, something I've always wanted to do, always... Um... In, I, I love reading. Always felt I'd wanted to write something. Always had it in my heart that I wanted to write a book at some stage, um, and I, in fact had a story sort of knocking around, but wasn't really really going anywhere. Um, but actually, um, I I kind of I was at a um, a new wine conference. So new wine is a Christian um, uh, sort of conference every summer. Eight or ten thousand people gather for a week, and and great times of teaching and worship and and and, and fellowship um and camping um and uh I, I i actually i woke up one morning um uh, when we were there in 2019 and um i don't know whether i'd heard the passage sometime during the week or i'd read it um but i was i woke up thinking about it and i knew that that actually it would be a great story to tell that there was a story in there somewhere that, that needed to to come out um, and during that day, uh, I was sort of pondering it and I had a spare hour. So I went and I, I, I brought a coffee, bought a coffee. Um, I bought a notebook and a pencil and I just sat down in one of the tents and started writing. Um, and, and actually quite a bit of that sort of very initial writing, um, from chapter one is, is, is still in the finished book in a, in a slightly more polished way. Um, and that sort of got it going, and, and and you know I mentioned to a few people, to family, so oh, I was you know, thinking about writing this story, and they were very encouraging, and um, sort of helped to, to push me along the way. And uh, yeah, it took a couple of years, but but uh, eventually it, uh, it and lots of lots of uh, support actually from uh, from friends and family and church members, um, and uh, we we came out with uh, with the book, so that was mm. great. So. The the title of your book, Beneath the Tamarisk Tree, um, has intrigued me. Why? Why <laughs> choose that as the title? What the Tamarisk Tree? So the Tamarisk Tree is um, it's mentioned a couple of times in the Bible, um, but uh, Abraham uh, actually, uh, and I, I, I talk about this in the introduction of the of the book. Um, Abraham plants a tamarisk tree. Um, he's he's um he's walked with god then he sort of steps away and goes his own way for a little while and he comes back to god and um he um plants a tamarisk tree as a as a peace offering um to um uh, and it's dedicated to the eternal god so there's an element of eternity and, and peace and um to me it, it was just a nice symbol of um and, and linking the old and the new testament stories a bit as well and it was a nice symbol um uh, because I also used tamarisk trees um, in the, the the story, so this this um, uh, young man in in growing up on the streets of of Jerusalem sees tamarisk trees growing and is um, is kind of gets a little bit of inspiration from them. Um, I don't know if you know the trees; they're they're they're, they're beautiful. They have these lovely sort of pink and white blossoms on them. They're like they're like, they're like fluff. Um, and in the spring they, they catch the light and they are um, quite stunning um, and he sees them and he gets a sense of peace there's something of 
whether it's something of creation, um, something of, of of the peace of the spirit, just is sort of enters into his heart, and it, it sort of gives him a bit of, a bit of hope. Um, and um, and then there's a scene later in the book where um, uh, there's a tamarisk tree in heaven, and um, in fact Jesus um, says to him that it is Abraham's tamarisk tree. Um, which is again it's just part of my my imagination but it's a nice thought and um beneath that tree is a time when he receives joy and the blessing of joy from the holy spirit and um is kind of released into um the the uh, knowledge of of joy and love just just coming upon him and um it just all all seemed to fit together in a nice creative um idea and, and seemed like a sensible title for the for the book from that. So. What does God think about wellness? I'm Jaracharya and that's the topic of my book, Refresh, a wellness devotional for the whole Christian life. Refresh is a unique interactive journal exploring God's design for well-being in every area of our lives. With Bible-based reflections, thoughtful questions and beautiful images, it's a gentle and flexible way to meet with God at your own pace. Find out more and get your signed copy at valleyofsprings.com. What Christ Said, Revisiting the Countercultural Sayings of Christ Jesus, is a new book by Isaac Portilla. Relevant to nonconformist Christians, this book explores the transformative and often overlooked implications of Christ's teachings. It's now available from Amazon, and physical copies in the USA can be bought from whipfenstock.com. What Christ Said, Revisiting the Countercultural Sayings of Christ Jesus. Available now. So now we come back to having a chat with um, today's author, Rob Seabrook. Um, we've been hearing all about your wonderful book, um, Beneath the Tamarisk Tree. Um, we'll tell people how to get hold of a copy um, a little bit later. But before we do that, let us find out a little bit more about you, Rob. So where are you based? So I live and work in East Devon, very beautiful part of the of the country. Uh, I live here with uh, my wife Gemma. Uh, we have three grown-up children, and uh, we're also foster carers. Um, so we look after other kids as well, uh, which actually is a, is it's quite relevant to the writing and the story, and the characterisation that uh, uh, I was I was able to include in the book. So I've been able to use some of that experience to to, to pull into the to the writing. Mm. And is being an author all you do, or have you got other, uh, like a dare I say, a day job? I wish I could write full time. <laughs> it would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> sadly, life dictates that I need to earn some money as well. <laughs> and uh, so, no, I, I, I work full time. I work as a, uh, I'm self-employed as a business consultant. Uh, work mostly um, supporting businesses in their in their marketing activities. Um, I mentioned Gemma and I are, are foster carers, which also um, takes up quite a bit of time. Um, and so writing is is perhaps I don't want to say a hobby, um, but it's it's because it, it's so rewarding being creative. Um, but uh, you know maybe one day. <laughs> It would be a nice dream to to be able to write full time. That would be great. But uh, uh, in the meantime, I'll keep writing in the in the time that I have. So, yeah, I think I think a lot of writers are are in a very similar position. Um, and 
what what do you do for fun? Do you have any <laughs> hobbies? You know, do you do you climb sort of the Grand Canyons? You know, do the three peaks in in half a day, or you know, abseiling down the great ravines or whatever. What what do you do for fun? Well, again, all that stuff I'd love to do. It's, it's yeah, great, well, but uh, <laughs> I watch telly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, I mean we we um, uh, we we we're, we're blessed with a lovely garden. You know, I I, I love love being out and and um, you know growing some vegetables or cutting grass. That's that's great fun. Um, it's a great way of relaxing. Um, we we live in a beautiful corner of the country. Devon is 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 just stunning. So we we go out to the coast. We're only five or six miles from from the beach cliff walks um we can walk along the river we enjoy nature um you know love getting out and about um occasionally off to dartmoor or, or somewhere a bit more adventurous as well um but uh, um and and yeah family life is is busy as 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 you know with with kids you know um life is is pretty full being quite often being a taxi driver for uh, <laughs> um for the family uh which is great and um, and you know we're very actively involved in our local church as well uh which is which is important uh, it's a very important part of our lives so you, you you're in devon now for for our international listeners they may not be aware that there's this sort of friendly rivalry between the county of devon and the county of cornwall all to do with how you put your cream and your jam onto a scone or some people say a scone mm. um how do you do it well the, do you the do right, it the devon the right way the right way it, the correct way is to put the cream on first and then you put the jam on top and yeah. strangely the people in cornwall do it differently and, and we just don't understand that in devon <laughs> so so you, you're true to the devonshire the devonshire Absolutely. way of <laughs> doing doing a scone that's excellent um so you mentioned um, your local church and how that's important um, to you and your life. Um, so when did you become a Christian? How did that happen? Well, I, I, I grew up in, in, in a, a lovely home um, and, and a lovely family, but, but uh, didn't really have any strong faith in the family. And then I went off to uh, a boarding school in my teens and um, uh, was... Uh, dragged along to chapel services um, two or three times a week, which was um, dry and distant and um, didn't really um, connect with it um, in, in any way. But something stuck, you know, regardless of how I felt at the time about it, something obviously did stick, um, whether it was the words that were spoken over me or things that I'd heard. Um, and um it was when i was at university um there was uh, there was a girl there who i liked um and she was uh got involved in the christian union and so i had a um an added incentive to go along to 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 church and christian union and, and i met christians and um i liked the company there was something there that that, that grabbed me that interested me um in in the people um and uh so it was while i was at university in, in my second year i gave my life to to christ and have sort of followed that that path ever since and and actually ended up marrying that that girl as well which was uh, a great part of the story so yeah, that, that's really good you know that that that's more common than you think yeah. <laughs> my father-in-law the same thing happened to him at university he fancied um, a girl um yeah. which which got him going to church and which he got saved and, and he married her as well and we've got a lot to else, thank our wives for who, we, we really yeah, have, yeah. who i know the same thing happened again 
So yeah, that's really good. It's amazing how God can work Absolutely. Um, in, in our lives. That's fantastic. So you have written um, your first novel, Beneath the Tamarisk Tree. Um, have you got anything else that you're working on? Is there, is there something on the boil? There is, yeah. I think once you've got the bug, it, it sort of sticks with you. Um, so um, I'm, I'm researching at the moment, so doing a lot of reading, uh, reading around the subject, um, which is which is great. And uh, hopefully I'll I'll um, maybe start writing a bit later this year. Um, so so something new is is maybe a year or, or so away. Um, I, the story is um, actually when when um, my father was in. Um, he was when he was 18, 18 or 19. Uh, he did his national service, um, and uh, he wrote a whole series of letters home and uh, to his his family. And they're a fascinating sort of first-hand account of life in the army. And uh, he was actually in Malaysia in in the jungle, and. What I want to do is to link that with, um, again, pulling in the Christian theme of um, somebody finding their faith, um, but through creation, through the natural world. And I, and I think that's actually a route that a lot of people do find their faith. Um, and and they, they look at the wonders of, of creation and hopefully look at the wonders of the creator behind it. And um, I just wanted to to write a story that's that sort of frames that and um uh talks about how we can find um faith through the um the 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 created world around us and we can pull in other bits and pieces about you know there might be a bit in there about this this the debate between science and religion and 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 some of the other um topics that, that sort of link in with that um, but it's it's a it's a journey it, it's a journey of somebody finding their faith, but it's tied in with with some some great first hand accounts of. Uh, and I'm hoping that you know you, you talked about heading off to Jerusalem for um, for research for the for beneath the tamarisk tree. Well, maybe I'll get to Malaysia to research this one a bit and 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 sort of poke around in the jungles there a bit. That would be amazing. So um, that would be just, really good, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Fantastic. It would yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like a really interesting book. I can't wait to read that one. Um, so if people want to find out more about you and about your books, Rob, um, where can they go? Have you got a website? Where can people buy your books? So the best place is, is the website. I've got uh, my website at, at robseabrook.com. Um, I, I'm on Instagram, Rob Seabrook, um, Facebook page, a little bit on Twitter, um, but best thing to do is to head to the website, robseabrook.com, and all the links and, and details are on there. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for giving your time today to come and chat about um, books and, and faith and, and your life. It's been really fascinating um, having you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Matt, for having me. It's been great. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Christian Book Blurb. I have a book. Um, Rob has given me a copy of Beneath the Tamarisk Tree. 
and I will be giving it away in one of my monthly giveaways. Um, so do head over to my website, mattmcclary.com and sign up for my email newsletter because that's the only place you can win um, from the giveaways that I do. So do go and check that out over on my website, mattmcclary.com. But other than that, thank you so much for joining us. Be back again in a couple of weeks' time because there'll be another edition with another fantastic Christian author that we're going to be chatting with and getting to know a little bit better. So I do hope to be with you again soon on another edition of the Christian Book Blurb. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.